welcome to another edition of the UK Law Weekly podcast with me, your host, Marcus Cleaver. This week we're going to be looking at Campbell and Gordon. This case started in the Scottish courts but worked its way up to the Supreme Court of the United Kingdom and its case citation is 2016 UKSC 38. Now, Campbell worked for Peter Gordon Joiners Limited, but he was injured by an electric circular saw in June 2006. Unusually in this instance, the company's insurance did not cover such injuries in contravention of the Employer's Liability Compulsory Insurance Act 1969. In 2009, the company went into liquidation, but Campbell pursued Gordon personally for damage in Gordon's capacity as sole director of the company. However, the problem faced by the appellant in this case is that while Section 5 of the Employer's Liability Compulsory Insurance Act 1969 imposes a criminal liability on directors for failure to insure, there is no such mention of civil liability. Essentially then, the question for the courts was whether they should take a literalist approach to statutory interpretation and take the words at face value so as to only impose a criminal liability, or whether they should look deeper towards the objectives of the original piece of legislation, in this case we can say protecting employees, and therefore also include civil liability as well. In the end, the court split three versus two on this decision, and it was Lord Carnworth who gave the judgment for the majority and the literalist approach. Before we examine the reasoning for this decision, it's important to look at one of the major points of debate that emerged as the case developed, a rule formulated by Lord Diplock. In Lonro Limited and Shell Petroleum Company Limited No. 2 from the year 1982, he stated that while the imposition of criminal liability does not automatically mean that civil liability will follow, it can do where, quote, upon the true construction of the act, it is apparent that the obligation or prohibition was imposed for the benefit or protection of a particular class of individuals, end quote. Lord Carnworth concluded that this did not apply in this case because the 1969 Act only imposed an obligation on the company, and so it would be wrong to read in an indirect civil liability on a director. This was part of a wider literalist argument that spoke of respecting the language and the structure of statute law, and also the will of Parliament as well. Ultimately, if Parliament had wanted to impose civil liability, they would have said so. Lord Tolson and Lady Hale dissenting unsuccessfully argued for a much more purposive approach to the 1969 Act. In the first instance, they fully embraced Lord Diplock's formulation in Lonroe, before going on to take a more functional approach towards the legislation. They submitted that if the wording was silent as to civil liability, then it was up to them as judges to fill the gap. In fact, Lord Tolson went so far... In fact, Lord Tolson went so far as to say that where legislation is designed to protect employees, a breach will always incur liability unless there are clear words to the contrary. So which side is right? It's certainly not hard to have sympathy with the dissenters and also the appellant Campbell in this case. The Employers' Liability Compulsory Insurance Act 1969 
was undoubtedly passed to help protect employees, and it certainly seems unfair that people like Campbell are unable to claim for their injury. Nevertheless, to read in such a provision to the original statute would surely be to go so far as to essentially make the judges of the Supreme Court as legislators. It is ultimately up to Parliament to make their wording clear and to impose a civil liability on directors if that is what they wanted. Thanks very much for once again tuning in to the UK Law Weekly podcast and thanks as ever to bensound.com for providing the theme music. I hope you'll tune in again next time, but for now, have a great day and I'll see you next time. Bye!